listening to Mastering Retention, presented by UserWise. Welcome to today's episode of the Mastering Retention Podcast. Today, I am really excited to have uh, Pradeep Gupta with us. Pradeep comes to us from Gameberry Labs, um, and we've got a lot of really interesting stuff to talk about today. Um, things like uh, organic growth and and the effect of social on games. And um, I, I just love that because I, I see a lot of games, especially newer game companies that kind of come out and they're like, oh, I really like like the Archero mechanic or I really like the the, the new merge mechanic. And they kind of get, you know, all about that. But, you know, I think there was a study that was done a few months ago where it was like 75% of people play games to spend time or do stuff with their friends or their family. And I feel like social is such a huge aspect of just like the human interaction. And I think having the right social mechanics and thinking about how we design those uh, for a game can just be so essential um, and just drive so much growth uh, away from the traditional, you know, just spend a lot of UA budget to acquire people versus making a game that is social and fun, almost like, uh, what was that game that just exploded out there where um, Among Us, that's what it is, you know, that that one <laughs> is, is social and you play with friends and stuff and it's kind of fun and it just kind of exploded, right? Um, I, I think social can do so many amazing things. But anyways, uh, before we dive into it, uh, Pradeep, I'd love to just hear your story. You know, how did you get into games? How did you get to where you are? Yeah. Uh, to introduce myself, I born and brought up in India. Right now, I'm working in Bangalore. So uh, earlier, I did my engineering as most of the kids in India do. Um, after engineering, I started as a business analyst in a consulting firm where I was working with FMCD companies and retail companies to augment their forecasting or data-driven strategies and all. After that, after doing a stint of around one and a half years, then I joined a social uh, social media company called Hype Messenger, which is quite popular based in India. So the Hype Messenger thought of creating games in their social platform. So I joined that team uh, as a team. We created a lot of lot of simple HTML5 games on the platform, and the platform was quite successful. After, after spending around one and a half years there, so a couple of my friends started doing, uh, started building a Ludo game. And I, I heard about it and yeah, I thought it's cool. It sounded cool, keep building games on your own. Uh, so I jumped on the idea, these guys started, I joined in about four or five months later. And then I jumped into that. I was the first one to join in after the founding, after the founders. And yeah, uh, I think it's been about four years. Uh, we have been building Ludo Star and Party C Star and a couple of other games in the last four years. And it's quite fun and a rewarding journey. I've learned a lot and I still think yeah, I have not learned anything. It's a lot to learn. <laughs> well, that's uh, the thing, right? Yeah. You know, the, the older we get and the more we learn, the more we realize that we really don't know anything and there's just so much more to learn. So it's part of the journey of, of becoming wise. It's uh, fun and not fun at the same time. <laughs> You guys kind of launched this Ludo game and then you, you've kind of emulated it with a few games after that. But um, the, the initial Ludo game, like, why do you think it, it took off so much? Like, I, I think you guys are up to what, like 25 million daily active users or something crazy like that? Ludo is a board game, which is every children in Asia, uh, 
specifically india pakistan bangladesh plays in their home in a childhood it's as popular as you can call it monopoly in us or western countries it's it's a part of uh, your childhood or your upbringing so it's always there people wanted to play ludo but there was not a good ludo game present in the market and definitely there was a lot of uh, problems were there the ludo games were always there but uh, there was not a single ludo game that was able to crack so uh, so we thought of uh, there was another game that got started in india called ludo king so they started uh, penetrating the market there was a lot of buzz about ludo king people were playing about people were playing the game and talking about it so the founders uh, of gameberry labs think that the ludo game is something uh, people want to play and something ludo king what ludo king has done we can build on top of that and build a much much better game than ludo king ludo king has the all the game mechanics but they lack a lot of social angle a lot of social features so with this hypothesis they started working on a ludo game and the focus was completely social uh, they wanted to make a game which can emulate the experience of playing ludo in real time right so how when you play uh, how you play when you are friends when you talk uh, continuously keep talking keep teasing each other and keep having mm-hmm. fun uh, while playing the game a similar kind of experience you want to provide in the game in online game so all these features we uh, thought of that these kind of features we want to make a starting with uh you can play with your facebook friends if 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 people are not in your facebook list then you can send them invite and then you can play with them by using those invite codes and the kind of mechanisms we developed how to invite other person and how they can join the the process was very very simple so anybody like ludo is played by people who probably has the first time they are playing mobile games they don't have much of a background in games and all so the process was very smooth the process was very simple we made video tutorials how to do that so it kind of took off so mm. first thing is we simplified how to how to send the invites how to receive the invites and all those process you can play with your friends the third thing we have done is we can uh, uh, you can always see uh, the status of your friends are they online are they offline whether they are playing how much levels they are so it's a kind of you every time you know ki what their what your friends are up to so you mm-hmm. can try to get try to see ki okay he's online let me try to send him a request and let's see if he accepts or not correct <laughs> so so these kind of uh, feature that helped us one other feature that really really helped us is the we have provided the chatting option inside the game text chatting so if two people are playing they can text chat in the game so earlier a lot of ludo game was quite a, quite afraid or quite shied away from providing the chat application in the game because definitely it has cons also so but we provided that and it really really helped us so Uh, people started chatting in the game they started using as a social platform and then apart from that we provided uh, uh, you can send emojis to express what you are feeling and fast text you don't want to pull you don't want to type all the things so you can express your emotions by using the fast text so so those are the things that really really helped us build that kind of experience that actually emulate uh, how you play ludo in your real life so mm. yeah that was uh, what you say that that was the social mechanic and and definitely there was some feature like you can gift uh, you can gift currencies to your friends 
a lot of game does that what we have done is we have taken it to a one level higher the uh, you can send gifts to each other but uh, what we have done is gamified it a level extra so in traditional setting what happens is you send x amount of currency to your friend so what we have done you send the dices you can send dices to your friend so if you get the dices then once you have collected three dices then you can roll those dices and whatever the combination comes on these three dices based on that you will get a reward so sometime uh, sometime it can happen that uh, whatever the three dices you are collected so you get 666 and you get 1000 gems so instead of uh, traditional setting of directly sending rewards we have just gamified it a bit more so it really really took off people started just because of these reward people started spreading the game and people started making facebook friends because they want to add more friends so that they can get more dices and to get more gems in the end so those dice are, are very interesting so you know do i have to actually give away my dice to send it to the friend or do i have to like buy the dice to get them or do i just have like a certain amount of dice each day that i can send to like each of my friends and then hope that they also send me dice you know in return kind of a thing so there is you don't need to have the dice uh, there is no uh, and there is no foundation that you have to buy or not you can just send a uh, dice to your friend so and once and there's also a reverse flow also if once the friend has rolled your dice the dice you have sent then you will automatically get a dice from him interesting you send a dice if they roll then you will also get a dice so i have extra incentive to send the dice <laughs> because i will get yeah. uh, a dice in exchange so we call this feature lucky dice yeah and it uh-huh. really helped us uh, so yeah like people added i would say ki a lot of people added 2000 friends on facebook just because they want to get more and more dices <laughs> wow that's that's very interesting okay so taking a high level stance so there was this game uh ludo king that kind of came out and you saw hey this is uh showing like it's got a lot of promise here right and uh you kind of came in and said okay well i think ludo king is doing this well but here is an area of need that is unfulfilled and i don't know if you guys did a lot of like talking to the players or it was more of just like a gut feel because you guys are also ludo players uh, but at some point uh, you figured out hey you know the problem is is that it's not offering a social mechanic and so if we can add that social mechanic in uh, we think we can kind of build a, a great ludo audience and so kind of the way you thought about doing it was like let's make it so that we can play with our friends and have a little bit more of that like uh, experience as if we were playing you know sitting around the table or whatnot um, so you kind of added the chat in um, added some you know ability to invite friends and things like that um, and it, it seemed to work fill a need um yeah. how did you guys like once you launched the game kind of get going or was it all just kind of you know organic growth it's completely organic uh, so after launching the game we kept on iterating on the game so uh, some players started playing so they kept coming back to us wow this this, is, this feature is not working we need to do something else so it's completely driven by the customer feedback we were uh, taking good care of interacting with the community on daily basis like i personally used to uh, like uh, on the facebook page i i used to keep monitoring all the messages that i used to get we used to get uh, i used to message them back what did you like what did you do like they used to tell us 
कम्युनिटी so one of the hunches that we have ki how game got viral is there is a very very strong community of eight ball pool game is already popular uh, on facebook and other social media channels eight ball pool is quite a popular game in india pakistan middle east and all these countries so some of the influencers from eight ball pool community started playing ludo and they loved it so much that they started spreading they started saying in their community ki this is a new ludo game i have identified uh, out why don't you guys try it you will have a lot of fun that is one of the hunts that why our game got so viral and so this is the one inside we have it's completely driven by the influencers the eightball yeah. influencers and definitely then after uh, like once the game got uh, after that uh, people started spreading game got viral uh, uh, like most of the people are from pakistan like earlier we didn't have any idea about We do people play Ludo in Pakistan? We didn't know this. Mm-hmm. We were making games for for India. We didn't know that Pakistan there is an audience. But the game started popularizing in Pakistan. Became number one game there. It started trending in Twitter there. Influencers started playing there. So yeah, lots of crazy things happened in that time period. You got the social game. Got lots of you know daily users. Um, but Ludo is you know. more of a traditional board game it's not really built around the idea of you know free to play monetization and stuff like that so obviously you guys have to make some level of profit so that you can keep building the game so um how did you guys figure out how to do monetization uh, on on top of a ludo game which you know generally doesn't have monetization aspects you correctly pointed out there was no monetization mechanism in earlier ludo games at the time we started so it just came from the our experience of playing ludo one thing that always since till now i would say ki i have played thousands of ludo game in a real life setting not in a mobile mm-hmm. but real life setting so we always used to crib about i didn't get the good number uh dices uh i rolled the dice but i wanted 3 and i got 5 and i don't like it. so we thought what if what if we give them give players a chance to reroll the dice without other player knowing without his opponent knowing that he is getting another chance correct so you don't like the number you reroll and other guy won't know and if you are doing this reroll so it's your luck like uh, it's your luck whether you you can get good number or you can get bad number also but you want to try out your luck go go ahead and find and we are charging gems for it so this became our core monetization and still till this date it is one of it is that mechanism that is driving i would say ki 50 to 60 or 60 to 70% of the revenue this is the main monetization and after that all the ludo games just simply copied this mechanism so it's mm. that everyone, mm-hmm. uh, everyone take inspiration from everyone yeah so it became the de facto mechanism in uh, ludo games so, 
apart from that uh, this mechanism we have doing rewarded ads also so uh, people were crazy about gems because gems let them reroll the dice which is the main utility so we started giving gems by watching rewarded ads so yeah we are generating about 20 30% revenue from there and this mm. gems and some revenue we generate from uh, we say it's a bet based game like how other sports based games are Uh, simple. You you bet hundred coins, opponent bet hundred coins. Whoever wins gets the entire pot. So so people want to play bigger bets. So for bigger bets, they will go to the store and buy the coins. Mm. That's the monetization mechanism. So yeah, there are three monetization mechanisms we have. So but ideally, if that undo mechanism or the reroll mechanism, we would not have dragged them. There was no business. Mm. As a uh, a social game, have you guys ever tried any sort of social monetization features? Specifically, I don't know if you ever played Clash Royale, um, but they allow you to buy little like emojis where you can kind of you know taunt each other or, or different things like that. Have you guys ever tried creating or, or selling you know little emojis and things like that? So we have not tried out. Um... Uh, but what we are planning is to give these emojis and other items in rewards of, of playing different events. So our main focus is let player play most number of game, more number of games. So if a player play more number of games, definitely he will going to use more undoes, and uh, definitely he would need a more gem, and that's how mm. we do it. So play as many games as possible, and all these things, whether it is emoji, whether it is Customizes whether there is a tokens, whether there is a board. So we will give them as a reward. So it's vanity or or the virtual items. We will give them as a reward, and the idea is to play as many games as possible. So kind of like, are you guys doing or plan to do some like live op stuff where like, oh, you you do this event where you've got to do X Y Z games, or you know, you got to. Roll the dice six times and get sixes or, or something like that. And at the end, you can get like a big reward, but you get other rewards along the way, kind of a thing. So we are already doing. Uh, we are already doing one uh, live ops mechanism. So we call it a, a kill the monster. So there is a monster, and you have to kill it by bombs. And how do you get bombs? The how do you get bombs is you play games. You as soon as you are able to. Put your token home. There are four tokens that you start with, and as soon as you are able to put one token home, you get one bomb. So mm. you collect bombs by playing the games, and you use those bombs to kill the monster. If you are able to kill the monster, you get fantastic rewards like coins and uh, dices and gems and other things. So this is one live op mechanism we are trying out. In and in this uh, in this uh, kill the monster event, we directly sell those bombs as well. Like if you are not patient enough, you you cannot spend that much time. So you can directly buy those bombs and you know, use those to kill them. Very cool. So, yeah. Is that are you finding that it's working? Like live ops and in, in other games and such. Like, do you see a, a noticeable difference in the amount of games players play, or you know, does it vary based on the the segment of players? Yes, yes. So whenever we run these events, so definitely we see the number of game plays increase by about twenty to twenty. Twenty to thirty percent. Wow! And definitely helps us in monetization as well. Uh, right now, we are trying out to how can we improve the performance of Kill the Monster event or create a adjacent event like that. 
So a couple of ideas, uh, like we are constantly monitor what bingo blitzers, bingo blitzers are similar kind of, where also you play games, you collect something and you use those collected item to maybe, uh, maybe roll the dice and move around the board and collect rewards, like a typical bingo blitz implementation. Like this kind of uh, events is quite standard. I have seen in a lot of games. Interesting. Have you guys ever considered, so I'm just throwing out some ideas here, but you know, on your Ludo board. Um, so thinking about my childhood days when I was playing uh, Mario party with my little brothers, um, sometimes you would like land on some white spot that seems meaningless and you'd find something like a ton of coins or a star or something like that. Like, have you guys ever considered uh, hiding something on a Ludo board that like, oh, I, I randomly found this thing. Or maybe even if you want to think about it from a monetization perspective, like actually having a little indicator that something is hiding there. Um, you know, will people try to use that, you know, dice reroll to try to land there as opposed to just winning the game or something like that, adding different elements. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, exactly what you mentioned, we have tried out, we have tried out in this kill the monster event. So what we have done is we have picked the, some spots and put some bombs inside there. So if you land on those places, you will get those bombs. Mm. So, so it's a way to speed up your event completion. Very interesting. Now so we haven't seen much. A, a lot of imp- definitely some marginal improvements are there in the in the event performance, but uh, not a lot of improvement using this mechanic. So we are we are playing with it, trying to identify what can we do extra in it. Yeah, I was going to ask with that kind of thing. Like, do you do you kind of embrace the social element where uh, you know? on the board can everyone see hey there's one spot that has you know all these bombs and so people are trying not just to beat each other but to be the first one that lands there or is it kind of like i just see that for like me as the player kind of a thing so right now the mechanism that we have implemented it's i can on if it is my turn then i can see if there is some treasure Mm. within my within my token like within six to seven spots of my token so it's not the other way like everyone cannot see only that guy can only see yeah so definitely it's a nice idea if what if, if everyone can see and there's a then the, there's a race who can reach to that <laughs> particular thing first yeah so that's interesting simple. yeah i'm just kind of thinking a little bit more about like i feel like most live ops events are largely personal like for me and so i'm just kind of curious like if you guys continue to embrace the social element like what sort of like what could live ops look like like with your friends i mean obviously you could do something like you know play four matches with a friend today or something like that and get a reward but um are there any sort of things that you can like work together like as a team or i guess on that note like have you guys looked at any sort of like guild mechanic or group of players where they kind of like work together towards things. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, in terms of live ops, in like social live ops that we have is friendly. Uh, so you are also playing games. Your friends are also playing games. There's a race who is getting more, who is earning more amount of points each week. So that is one mechanism that we have. Uh, what we got typically players are talking about it they want and and if they want from their friend they get some rewards 
so how we are imagining social going forward is what we actually consider out this great system or clan system as well so we have uh, so as uh, i I haven't told you in this podcast, but we had this conversation earlier that we have tried out one other version of Ludo Star that is Ludo Star Three. So in that game, we actually tried out a clan system, and we have seen a lot of success there. So it's a smaller game, smaller user base. It's more of experimentation kind of a game. So we have seen that uh, people celebrating birthdays of their fellow clanmates together, people working together so that their clan ranks higher in the week. so all these things we have already seen that it it just it uh, time that we want to exactly replicate that kind of thing in original ludo star as well so we are just waiting so in social we are looking at clan system the other the other important piece that we are currently chasing and what what we are looking for is the voice chat so voice chat is increasingly become de facto kind of that this is the bare minimum thing you should need to have in the game if you are making a social game so voice chat is something we experimented in ludo star to uh, like wonderful results uh, we are trying to put the same system in ludo star and pachisi star as well so the the other thing that fascinates us oh, and what is working in entire middle east region pakistan region is a clubhouse kind of concepts like people are increasingly going towards that space where they are uh, they are getting matched up with the strangers and they are talking with any common topic like you know how club house works so this kind of this kind if you if you look at the mina market and uh, or, or the pakistan market there are a lot of top grossing apps which are into these kind of activities so we are thinking from that angle can we kind of provide a club house kind of experience in our game as well mm-hmm. so now we treat our game as a platform like now there's a x x million players playing this game on a weekly basis can can they do other things in the in this platform as well can they talk about uh, how to how to uh, how to do how to bake some uh, cakes uh, in 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 a in a common forum so this is what we are thinking can we can we build that kind of product so definitely it's it's a game plus social media kind of mix that we are thinking that how that's how we are imagining our game in long term yeah using the increasingly these kind of formats are evolving in mina market it's quite interesting how what things are happening there <laughs> i really like that something that i i do want to cover on a little bit um so a lot of games or people that are making games I, there's just a lot of like nervousness around this idea of okay well if i enable voice chat especially in a game where people are competitive um you know and maybe children are playing or, or who knows what's going to go on but i imagine that there's going to be some people saying some pretty nasty things or getting like a little bit upset when they don't get what they want and um how do you manage that and especially like as you start to go to voice chat i feel like it becomes even more uh you know difficult to manage that types of thing so um curious like what your experience has been and like have you guys been able to find any sort of way to uh filter out things and like you know i, I think about trying to do that in english and i think i would have challenges let alone supporting you know 10 20 other languages you know effectively um and and being able to provide 
a good experience for the players that don't want to have, you know, a lot of kind of trash talk coming in or whatnot. Um, so yeah, just curious what your experience has been, what's worked well, what's maybe gone wrong and, and any sort of lessons you can share. So yeah, uh, we have had good experiences as well as bad experiences. We have heard stories where our daughter and mother are chatting together on a game who are like daughter residing in another country and they are chatting in the game and bonding over it. So the good stories and bad stories, yeah, people harassing uh, people harassing others. So there are so there are some steps that we have taken. I won't say we have solved the problem. Definitely, we are far from it. Um, so couple of steps that first of all, like whatever word we think that is not a good word, we ban them. Like uh, if you write them and if you can if you send, then it will not reach to the other one. But if system filters them out and and remove the word right away. So that is the one level of filtering we have done. The second way is if you are not comfortable, if you don't find the behavior right, then you can uh, you can switch off the chat and uh, you can you can mention ki, uh, what made you do that. So the language is not appropriate. So if if a person is continuously gets that kind of bans uh, like four or five times, so four or five users has com- complained about them, then we. We have some policy. We first ban them for a couple of hours. Then, if that kind of behavior comes up again, then we ban them for 24 hours. If that keep on happening, then we ban them for a life. So these kind of policies, there are some policies we have done, and and sometimes what user does is they send us screenshots with the player ID of another player. Then we check those things, and then we find out that acha okay, so this user has sent these things. So we take some actions on top of that. I would, I won't say this system is, it, this system is a bare minimum. Definitely, it's a bare minimum system. So uh, def- we are trying very hard what to do further. So mm-hmm. we are also looking after what other game companies are doing, and if there is some solution like that which can help us in resolving this problem, we are more than happy. Cool. But definitely, it's a problem. There's some something we have done, but yeah. It's a long way ahead, yeah. and definitely voice chat is another piece. But uh, so, what our hypothesis is: if uh, somebody has a problem, then first of all, first of all, he has to give the he or she has to give the permission. So first of all, he won't give the permission. Then second thing, uh, we have um, switch, switching on the voice chat, and by default we keep the voice. By default we keep the voice chat off. And if only you want to do voice chat, then you can switch it on. Yeah, these kind of things that we are thinking that will help us in removing this noise or bad behavior. But yes, uh, this kind of experience <laughs> are prone to wrong and these kind of things. So, uh, so what happened is when um, when we launched initially and the game got viral in Pakistan, a news channel, a, a print newspaper covered us that how people are harassing others on. Ludo star, so there are long article people talked about it and yeah it was bad, but yeah this is what led us to the growth. So instead of how we see it, it's a good thing, but there are de- definitely bad elements are there. So we'll try to solve this problem rather than just simply blocking them. Yeah, do you guys have like a a text chat outside of the game? So like 
let's I assume that I can just play a random game and you would match me with people. So I might get matched with you and we can kind of, you know, text chat and stuff. Um, is there a way for me, like after that game, we'd be like, oh, it was really fun playing with Pradeep. So I want to add him as a friend. And then can I like chat with you outside of the game kind of a thing as well? Yes, yes. You can, you can, so we call them buddies, which are not your Facebook friends, but you add them in the game. So we call them buddies. And after adding them as buddies outside the game, also you can chat. Same thing you can do with a Facebook friend. The idea is that, that let's suppose I saw you online in the game and I sent you a request, but you rejected it because you don't want to play it or you want to play it maybe two hours later. So I can just, just simply text chat you at Oski, I don't want to play right now. Let's play two hours later. That's the use case you want to solve. So there's a chat outside the game as well. Yeah. So... Uh, I know you guys are still kind of early in the the voice chat rollout and stuff, but like, have you noticed any difference between like, I think text chat is one thing, but voice chat is something else. Like, um, have you noticed any differences with how players use or behave on voice chat versus text chat or, um, you know, any sort of lessons learned there? Yeah, definitely. As you rightly mentioned, our experience is very less in voice chat area. So people are looking for friendships uh, they want to know okay, which city or which country are you from they talk about it oh i am from this country of oh, oh, india pakistan so these kind of stuff people talk about it and definitely some bad elements uh, use this as a not bad element but people want to want to use this as a dating platform as well okay uh, so a little bit of flirting and everything goes on so that's the typical and some people responded in a really nice manner, light bit of flirting is always welcome. Uh, so yeah, in voice chat, it's mainly uh, whatever we have seen, uh, voice chat works very well in a private game when you are playing with your, so you can just switch on and keep on talking. When you are playing with uh, strangers, uh, it's most of the time what I hear is they just keep the switch on and uh, I can see the whatever background noises that are coming, people are talking something, but not make much of a sense. So how we are also seeing it that the main utility of voice chat is in private game. So it just for the adventurous one, the adventurous players who want to build their social relationships and expand their social graph, that you provide the voice chat functionality in the random games as well. So it's for them, but for majority of the population, it's for private games. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I remember I was uh, talking to my little brother. He he works on uh, Call of Duty Warzone doing some uh, data science stuff. And, and they were talking about uh, creating this new like support bot that would like auto respond to players. And so they were talking about, well, what data set do we use to like train it on, you know, how to speak and stuff. And uh, they, they kind of surprised the bot and they were like, oh, we're going to use the player's voice chat. And they said, you know, the manager's just face, like he got so nervous, like they thought he might have had a heart. They were obviously joking, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it's pretty uh, frank language in a very, very competitive game like Warzone and stuff like that in there. So that's uh, super interesting. And I could definitely see the use for it as like a private game. I mean, that's what Discord is for, right? I, I use Discord to, you know, chat with my friends uh, when we're playing and, and reconnecting and stuff like that. So um, makes a lot of sense. So social sounds like it's super great. Um, brings a lot of value towards like getting players in, keeping them around. Um, 
Can we talk a little bit about maybe some of the cons of adding social in now, though? Um, you know, things like, have you ever encountered any abuse in the platform? Or, you know, have people ever tried to, like, use the game to make money? Exactly. So it's, it's very interesting because I think this phenomena I have seen happening in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, these kind of territory only. This does not happen much outside these territories. So what people does is, so we have provided a functionality when, where people can play with each other, friendly match with each other, and they can use bet as a currency, like coins as a currency. You can, like me and you are Facebook friends and we both can play 500 bet. So whoever among us wins, get a thousand coins and whoever loses gets you. So what player does is, so let's suppose somebody wants to buy coins. So maybe let's suppose he find the pricing of the store expensive. So we go to Facebook that I want 1 billion coins or 100 million. So some people respond that, okay, boss, okay, bro, I will give you 100 million coins. So what they do is they get added in each other's Facebook friend list. And then they start doing this friendly matches. So they will start with the thousand uh, bets and what they will do they start the game and they could them. so what happens that all the thousand coins whatever that bet amount get transferred to other player so by doing this activity they transfer that entire 100 million coins to the other user so it it i would say ki this kind of activities hurt our at least 10 to 15 percent of our revenue so uh, we have put some logics in place how to uh, how to identify those players who are doing these kind of trading in the game and all these culprits who are debalancing the economies. Uh, so we have identified techniques and what we do is uh, uh, time to time we ban them and uh, uh, freeze those accounts. And so all the things, these things happens. But yeah, a lot of people like uh, I was, I was pretty shocked when I observed this, like, I'll, like it's a, it's, it's a, it's kind of way people make money. Uh, this is quite popular in other games, which is popular in this arena. It's Teen Patti Gold, Teen Patti Games. Uh, uh, so uh, it's a card game, which is quite popular in India and Pakistan and Bangladesh. So it's quite a, a popular practice there. Uh, same thing with Ludo games. People try to hack the system. So yeah, I'll, definitely we have just explored the surface. We haven't gone into the details. Like uh, uh, we know the studios who build the data science teams specifically to identify these fraudsters. Uh, so we haven't gone to that that depth because we are a small team, and definitely we will put our energies in other uh, <laughs> other things or other things. But yeah, studios have developed data science team whose only task is to identify those fraudsters. So a lot of people, like I have seen photos, people circulate photos, a guy uh, uh, having 10, 15 devices and all of them is playing Ludo Star and doing some, they try to cheat that matchmaking system and doing a lot of activities. So uh, definitely that's a con, definitely that impacts our top line. So yeah, yeah. there are something we are doing, definitely far from perfect. Yeah. That's super interesting. It almost kind of reminds me, like I, I remember hearing, and I never did this, but uh, when I was in college, uh, I, I knew of guys that did a lot of, uh, like they wrote bots for Diablo 2, and then they would like sell those items and things like that. And so these are like college kids making like 
$80,000 a year with basically an almost completely automated system, which kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, but, uh, it was a fascinating mechanic, but I, I knew that they would often get banned. Um, part of me almost wondered in some ways if like blizzard, did it deliberately where like they let them make enough that like it was still there, but then they'd go through and periodically like ban their accounts. So they'd have to go buy a bunch of more copies of Diablo two and that. So I, I don't know, uh, but it was a fascinating phenomenon that I, I think is mostly, mostly fixed now, but. So. So, so, so it's not completely negative. There's other side to it, uh, of it that these kind of people who are fraudsters, so they want to make money. So for them to make money, it's essential that game get popularized more and more. Mm. So what these guys will do is they start creating Facebook groups and they start popularizing the game themselves. They take it among, they take it upon yourself. Okay, I'll make this game popular and I'll make a lot of money. So it's kind <laughs> of, they are the marketing agents and um, getting some commission. So that kind of model. So I won't say it has definitely, it must have helped us a little bit in doing our game. But there's always a negative side. Yeah. But we try our level best to identify those spots. Sir. But yeah, definitely. One more interesting phenomena that happens in these geographies are uh, a lot of people does not prefer to buy online. So what they do is some influencers or some people will say, I'll pay on your behalf, you pay me by cash. So they start making some 5 or 10% on that. So in the game, they'll make $1 purchase for you and they will charge you, I would say, $1.20. So these are the things that also happens. Have you guys ever tried to solve something like that? I, I imagine it would be difficult with like Apple's rules and regulations and things like that. But I, I assume it's more of just like the online putting in the credit card. So it probably wouldn't really matter where you're at, whether you're like inside the game or on a website or whatnot. It's still just the online thing altogether. So a lot of people in these areas pay by not from credit card or debit card, they pay from their uh, telecom bills, mm. from their mobile operators. So mobile operator does that billing, and or or they or they buy those uh, Google Play recharge. Cool. Um, so thinking about social uh, at a higher level here. So switching gears, as I know we're getting close to the end of time here. Um, are there certain games or genres that you think social? wouldn't be a good fit for or do you think that social could be an interesting element of you know each and every game um like you know I, as an example i feel like candy crush players kind of wanted social elements to the match three where they could you know play with their friends or compete against their friends I feel like Candy Crush never really delivered on that. And now there's the what is it called match 3D that's doing really well and growing really fast. Um, but you know, are there other genres and things where maybe that doesn't make sense or like you shouldn't have social? Um, so I guess I, you know, as a game creator, there's probably a thousand things that I could do for my game or features that I could add in, but I feel like very few of them are worth really spending my time on because it's actually going to move my metric. So um, do you have any like tips on like how and when I should know, Hey, social or some element of social is worth exploring and pursuing. Got it. Got it. So every board game, every P2P game is definitely you can, you can amp up using providing the social kind of, uh, features so uh, hyper casual is one category where i think social does not make any sense uh, so it's a single player game you just 
try to pass two three minutes whenever you have some time so it does not really make sense of uh, other games uh, like uh, these battle royale game is completely driven by social player competing with each other high volume fights so so as such i would say apart from hyper casual i don't see much of a categories platformers i would say ki social does not make much of a sense but apart from that i don't see that social cannot be included and it so games are inherently social you play with others like outside games are also social like there is no if there is no one to compete then what are you playing so every game is inherently social that's what i think and i like that that's super interesting well i think that's pretty much it for my questions on social so i really appreciate you uh going through this like deep dive i think this is going to be uh fantastic well because we are on the master retention podcast i do have one last unofficial question as i call it uh which is you know what's one tip or trick you found over the years to uh help increase retention like how do you keep players around for longer okay so this is the i would say toughest question uh, <laughs> because so first of all i don't think we have tried out on boarding onboarding really really if you are able to crack it then it's good otherwise don't worry about onboarding mm. it does not work like we have, i personally have tried out putting onboarding in three to four times didn't work out so if you can crack it then it's fine um improving the retention definitely social is a key pillar uh, other things is how fast your game is people don't like slow games correct so one of the insights one of the one of the thing that we have like earlier uh, token speed how fast your token moves can definitely impact on your retention so mm. we increase the speed by i would say 30 40% and we immediately saw a jump in retention numbers wow. so people don't like slow things people like fast 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 everything should happen fast i love that that's amazing And that's actually probably something that a lot of people can use. So I appreciate it. Uh, well, Pradeep, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. If people do have any questions, is there a good way for people to get in contact with you? So you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Pradeep uh, on Gameberry Labs. If you search it, you can find me on LinkedIn. And yeah, you can DM me and I'll be happy to answer any of the questions that you have. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank we'll you. talk soon.